Hello friends, Bill Allen here from Tyler, Texas on a beautiful sunny day. Uh, Tyler, Texas where there's uh, a lot going on in our state and around our country. We continue to uh, face this novel coronavirus and try to make sense of everything and try to consider what uh, the right things are and what we should do and how we should do it. Uh, and there's a lot being said about all of that. There's a lot that's uh, going on about that, including right here in our own uh, state. Um, and uh, it seems like our nation and our communities are very polarized about how to deal with this. Um, as we are polarized, it seems about, about everything. And of course, it being an election year doesn't help very much. Uh, and, uh, and so everyone is trying to figure this, this thing out as as well as uh, we can. Um, it's a time for prayer. It's a time for um, uh, good judgment. It's a time for um, uh, thoughtful consideration about not just what uh, what we should do, but also uh, how how we should do that and and how we consider each other. Um, and and so I wanted to share a little bit. I was reminded I saw an article this week. Of, um, uh, of, of a consideration, uh, something called the Stockdale Paradox. And if you've read the book, Good to Great, then you've heard Jim Collins or read Jim Collins speaking about that. And this, uh, uh, this Stockdale Paradox uh, is named for um, Admiral Jim Stockdale, who was uh, 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 Admiral in the U.S. Navy. He was a decorated war hero in the Vietnam War, and he was a prisoner of war, a POW, for several years, the highest ranking uh, POW uh, in Vietnam. And he survived for years there. And, and, uh, and so there was a, a, a question about what, uh, what helped him and, and what didn't. Uh, in fact, he was asked uh, in the book, what, uh, what is it that, uh, who had the hardest time getting through this? And he said, the optimists. And me being the eternal optimist, uh, that hit too close to home. <laughs> but he's, he said the optimists had the hardest time because every year they would say, oh, we're going we're gonna to get out by Christmas. And Christmas came and went. And oh, no, we'll get out by Easter. Same. Thanksgiving, same. And then it was Christmas again. And he said they just had a hard, hard time dealing with all of that uh, disappointment. And so, it, and so he, he gave a clue as to uh, how he was able uh, to do it. And I think it was uh, Collins in that book that, that coined the term and called this the Stockdale Paradox. And we're familiar with paradox. There are a lot of those, and I'll mention a few here in a little bit. But the Stockdale Paradox is, um, is, is basically uh, this. Um, it's the ability to hold two opposing um, views that are equally true um, and, and to hold them at one time. And I think that speaks to uh, where we are right now. For example, in our state, in the state of Texas, there, um, our governor announced today uh, the second phase, the next phase of opening up our economy. We're one of those states that is seeking to uh, open up the economy more and more and to uh, put Texas kind of back out on the street and back in uh, to their workplaces and into their churches and um, uh, into uh, their social lives. 
but trying to do that uh, gradually and wisely in a way that, that respects uh, the, uh, the nature of this COVID-19. Um, and so the governor was on television today and announcing uh, the next steps here in our state, in the state of Texas. And I think almost all the states are beginning to do that um, uh, gradually again and wisely, but uh, taking steps to uh, get, get through this, um, this uh, effect of the, of the novel coronavirus. And, uh, and so you have, you have some opposing views. There are some who say, no, 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 it's, it's too soon. And you have others who say, no, 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 we're, we're not going fast enough. We're, we can't devastate our economy. And then the other side says, yes, but you don't care about human lives that are gonna be lost if you do this uh, too soon. And uh, then the other side says, well, you don't care if we destroy our, our nation and, and, and put people out of work and all the emotional harm and potentially lives lost uh, because of that. So you have these two opposing views and in my mind, they each have uh, some, some truthful things to them. And I think that's where we find it the most difficult in this day and time in our, in our nation. We have these polarized views uh, that, that seem to refuse to acknowledge that the other side, even though I may not agree with 100% of what they're saying, the other side has some, has some legitimate points to consider. And it seems like because of the polarized state of our nation and the, the election, of course, only heightens that, uh, nobody is willing to acknowledge, oh, you know, that, that other side, they may have some things that, that I should consider. Whether you're talking about the different sides of the political uh, stream, uh, conservative or liberal, Democrat or Republican, um, uh, whether you're talking about how you should respond to this um, COVID-19 threat, there, there seems to be uh, this going on. And, um, and, I, and I think that there, there can be some things that can help us uh, sort through this and get through this in a way that is uh, safe, but also in a way that uh, is helpful to restore um, the livelihood of our, our nation and our communities and our, and our people. And I think that's where uh, this, um, this Stockdale paradox may be able to help us. Again, it is uh, the ability to hold two opposing views uh, that are, are both have some truth to them and to be able to hold them at the same time without being um, inconsistent. Uh, Admiral Stockdale said this, you must have faith that you will prevail in the end. And at the same time, you must confront the brutal facts of your current reality. And when you take a look at his life, and you can just imagine, I can just imagine a, a POW camp where uh, optimism is important, but at the same time, uh, you have to realize this is a very hard, brutal, uh, difficult situation that causes a lot of pain. And, and so he, he says the key for him was to be able to keep hold of that assurance that says we're going to get through this and we're going to um, uh, overcome it and we're going to be delivered. But at the same time, being willing to acknowledge this is a hard, hard thing. This is very difficult and it's got great challenges. And I think that's, what, that's where we, we seem to fail 
we, we seem to not give each other permission uh, to be able to say, you know, there, there is some truth to what you're saying. Uh, Stephen Covey always said one of his uh, uh, seven habits of highly successful people was uh, to seek first to understand, then to be understood. And I think that's been lost on, on us because we feel so strongly about our convictions, and that's okay. Uh, that we don't even want to consider that there may be some truth uh, that those who may not share those convictions uh, have and are willing to, to share, and, and that's hard. And so you think about those you know, who are concerned with saving lives and are afraid we're going to go too fast, and others who are concerned that we're going to wait too long and destroy our economy. Both are legitimate views. Both have something to offer to the discussion, and I, I fear that so many times we have this, uh, this binary choice. It's one or two options, and they're both extreme, and, and we fail to realize maybe those aren't our only two options. Maybe, maybe there is some place where we can kind of go a little bit towards each other, and yes, we'll ultimately decide one way or the other, um, but it doesn't have to be that extreme viewpoint. Uh, we can be considerate of the lives uh, while still being willing to take um, legitimate risks. That, that's a hard thing, I think. That's a very hard thing, and yet we do it all the time. Uh, we do it as a community. Uh, and when we, for example, set a, a speed limit in a school zone or on an expressway, uh, and we would all say the lower the speed limit, the more likelihood that you'll have less fatalities. But there comes a point where you say, okay, that's as low as we should go and still be able to travel and to be practical about this. And that doesn't mean that you don't care about the lives that may be lost because you put the speed limit in the school zone at 20 or 25 rather than 10 miles an hour or, or on the expressway where... Uh, in Texas, it may be 65 or it may be uh, 70 or in some places 55. You could always save lives by going lower. And yet there's, there's a sense where you say, no, this is, this is about right. This is, what, this is where, where it should be. And that doesn't mean you don't care about uh, the lives. And there are some who might say, let's not have a speed limit at all. Or let's put it to uh, 90 miles an hour. And, and others say, no, 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 that's too dangerous. That risk is not worth taking. And it doesn't mean they don't care about transportation or getting somewhere in, in a, a good amount of time. It just says, look, we can have this discussion and we can, we can talk about both issues and try to put them uh, together and blend them. And I think we can do that as, as communities and as, a, as states and as a nation by looking at where we are with this uh, novel coronavirus and trying to uh, flatten the curve and all of the other <laughs> expressions, some of them I get, some of them I don't get, but to be able to say, you know, we, we can be smart about this and we can, we can do it by respecting the, the, the kind of liberty and freedoms that our nation was founded on that I think are still very vital and important for us today. But we can also do it in a way that doesn't um, uh, un, unjustly uh, risk uh, people's lives, and I, you know, I think if you if you go outside, you're taking a risk. Period. If you stay inside, you're taking a risk, 
And so we, we want to try to uh, answer that question of, okay, what are the risks that are worth taking? And I think that's where the Stockdale paradox helps us because we're able to, we're able to say, okay, this is, we're going to get through this. We're going to figure this out and we're going to be better on the other end of it. Ultimately, the, uh, the virus will go away. Ultimately, our economy will uh, be strengthened. But we also realize that, um, that we want to do that in a way that doesn't take lives uh, unnecessarily. And we also want to do that in a way that doesn't devastate our economy unnecessarily. So, so trying to find that balance, that's why we pray for our leaders, because it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing. It's a hard decision. And if it was a clear-cut answer, then it would be so easy. But, but there's not a clear-cut answer. And there are differing views from from people who are uh, really uh, concerned about the things that are uh, on their heart. And so I think that we can, we can try to figure that out. Another of those that may speak to this controversy today from more of a preacher's perspective, from more of a, a religious or theological or biblical perspective is all of the, uh, all of the criticism sometimes that's weighed on Christians or on the church because we speak about our home being in heaven. We, we see the difficulties all around us. And, 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 and what, one of the things that we say about that is, yes, we, we realize that there are difficulties and that there are threats, but you know, this world is not my home and one day I will be in heaven with the Lord. Uh, and so we take that into consideration. And when people who don't share that hope hear that and that's all they hear, then they think we don't care about the condition of this world. We don't care about the lives that are being threatened. We don't care about the devastation to our economy. And, um, and that's not true, but sometimes that's how it sounds. And so as Christians, I think we need to acknowledge, yes, this world is not my home. Yes, my hope is in heaven, but I'm here now. And, and this is my temporary home, as the great Carrie Underwood sang. This is the place where I live right now. And I care about this earth. I care about this uh, country and I care about uh, this community. And I, and, I, and I want to be concerned about those things, and rightly so. And we can do that even though we realize that our ultimate home is in heaven. Paul said our citizenship is in heaven to the Philippians. We get that. Uh, we understand that, and that is our hope. But we also remember the great passage in 1 Thessalonians 4, starting at about verse 13, when Paul talks, about, talks to people from the city of Thessalonica in modern-day Greece and he tells them because they were so concerned about their loved ones that had died before the return of Jesus. Even almost 2,000 years ago, that was their concern. And, and Paul tells them, look, we mourn and we hurt in this life, but we don't mourn like those who have no hope. And that's the difference. We, we experience all of the things in this life, the fears, the hurts, the pain, the anxiety, the difficulties, the burdens, even uh, the loss of loved ones and our own death. We experience those things, but we experience them with the hope that comes through Jesus Christ. And being able to communicate that in a way that doesn't um, uh, separate people uh, away from us because, because they, they may not share that hope. Uh, still being able to communicate, look, I, 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 I hold both of these things close to my heart, concern for this world, but also the hope of heaven. And that's that that's that Stockdale paradox in a way. That's We're trying to do both. We're trying to be concerned um, with both. 
And it's, you know, it's that sense of blessed assurance that we have, while at the same time recognizing that I need to be faithful. Um, I don't believe that in that once saved, always saved concept. I don't believe that a person cannot lose their soul, even though they have turned their lives over to Christ. I believe that they can decide that they want this world more and ultimately turn their back on Jesus and lose their soul. In fact, I think that's a good reason, a big reason why the, the New Testament was written to encourage Christians to live faithfully. Um, but that doesn't mean that I don't have assurance and I'm not paranoid about losing my soul because I believe that, uh, that, that Jesus has said, I'm going to be with you every step of the way. And if we choose to hold him close, then, then we'll be faithful and, and we won't lose that salvation. But if we decide that there's a different way other than Christ and we turn our back on him, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me in John 14, verse 6. And if we decide that we want to live our own way rather than his way, he will let us make that choice. Uh, but there's, there, we give up our hope of salvation because that hope is found only in Jesus Christ. But while we continue to seek him and, and follow him, even though it's imperfectly, uh, because we are still sinners, uh, even Christians are sinners. It's not that uh, non-Christians sin and Christians don't. That's not what separates us. It's that the blood of Jesus has brought salvation through the washing away of the guilt of our sins by taking it upon himself. And so I think as we consider, again, this, this idea of where we are in our society today and the polarized nature that we have, let's, let's listen to... Um, Let's listen to the Admiral. Let's listen to what he said about holding two seemingly opposing views at the same time, but recognizing the truth that's in both of them, uh, realizing that uh, we will prevail in the end, just as he said, but also recognizing that there's work to be done right now and that it is a very serious thing. And we can acknowledge that. That doesn't mean we're not people of faith. It just means that we have faith in a God who was willing to recognize and acknowledge the difficulty of the situations of life, so much so that he sent his son to this world uh, to live and to teach us and to ultimately die for us. So remember, remember those words of Stephen Covey and, and listen, seek first to understand and then to be understood. You don't have to accept a view that is uh, not true, but at the same time you can look into others who, with whom you might disagree and find the truth in what they're saying and maybe uh, consider how that can help you uh, move more towards them so that the convictions that you feel so strongly about uh, maybe have, may have a more acceptable hearing. Uh, let's continue to pray. Let's continue to work. Let's continue to help. Uh, and let's continue to trust um, because truly uh, our God will prevail. He will uh, see us through this and he will use us uh, to help get us there. Uh, God bless you and your loved ones and your home. And we pray that God would bless this world that we live in.